You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co-founder of both Moz and Bread Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Today, we're going to talk about strategic partnerships, how to protect yourself and still close the deal when a really big company takes an interest in your startup. Any of that sound familiar, Jillian? <laughs> oh, no, not at all, not at all. Um, but sounds exciting. In, in our dreams, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, actually, we've seen it happen. We, we have been there. Uh-huh, we sure have. We sure have. So, yeah, that's pretty exciting stuff. How are you doing this morning here, or midday, I should say? I'm doing great. Okay, so I'm going to fess up to our listeners. Anne and I are doing this show face-to-face, sometimes we do it remotely, and we are staring at the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Oregon today. It is absolutely stunning, and we hope that wherever you're listening in, it's equally wonderful. So let's talk about these strategic partners. We're certainly going to talk about how to protect yourself and how to close the deal, but also how to find out whether it's a pretty good deal, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we've been talking about funding for several weeks now. And you'll recall, we covered the difference between angel investors and seed VCs and why it should matter to you. Uh, and you can find that podcast at cranberry.fm forward slash CEO dash coach. Okay. You'll find it under the name Fine-Tuning Your Funding Angel or Seed VCs. And in this series, we've been talking about what matters when you're pitching, what to do when target investors elect not to fund you, and you find all these episodes at uh, cranberryradio.fm. We've been taking a lot of wisdom from Elizabeth Yin, who's a partner in 500 Startups, and she's learned a few secrets along her way, and she is so willing to share, and that's what we're bringing to you. Currently, she runs the 500 Startups Accelerator in Mountain View, and we strongly recommend you check out her blog that notably has the title 
bringing transparency to seed investing and we will put that up that link on our facebook page so that you can have a look so recently we talked about how elizabeth was defining the difference between angel investors and seed vcs and in her quest to bring transparency to seed investing and overcome a common state of cluelessness among entrepreneurs, she shared that information. We follow her blog on Tumblr. You can do it too, or you can sign up to uh, receive her email, and we'll post that link on Facebook as well. So as you can tell, we're big fans. No, we don't get paid for this. Uh, we're just big fans of Elizabeth Yin. So again, facebook.com slash forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. Go check it out, pick up the links, and go check out Elizabeth's work. Now, some of the stuff she does, she breaks down the difference in how decisions are made among various VC firms, and more importantly, how you need to adjust your approach and ultimately make your own decision about any pending deals. She says, VC firm dynamics are not altogether clear to entrepreneurs. Uh No kidding. (laughs) <laughs> says I. Right. And it's important to understand how these dynamics work. It seems like an understatement to me. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, so she recommends that you strategize your dealing with VCs. You figure out if you're dealing with a consensus-based uh, group in which all the partners need to agree, or a champion-based group where one partner will really want your deal and the others will follow along, or whether there's some kind of a mashup. Right, where you get a champion, but it's going to require consensus for you to get in. Now, clearly, the latter is kind of an easier place to close your deal. You only have to convince one person, but you may end up then with only a single advocate at the firm if it's really just champion-based and the others are just going to follow along. So you have to make sure that it's really a person you're going to love working with because you know, it, it may be all the supports you're going to have up there. You're going to need that champion to stay in your court for a really long time. And finding a champion could be a matter of luck. Going back to a firm will kind of depend on whether you have anything new and significant to bring to the table. So, if you can show something of personal interest to your new potential champion, you know, that's always a good thing. But big firms keep track of who they talk to. Even 500 startups where they average one deal a week, you know, if you're one of the lucky ones, then you can kind of upsell in the firm and you can make more champions and friends. So they do know that you've talked to somebody in the firm, and they'll check that out if you're coming back in. Now you want to talk to a second person. They're going to find out whether the first person liked you or whether you're kind of swimming upstream. It's an important piece. You know, over at Ignition Partners, when we that was the first investor at Moss, right? And that was definitely an example of a champion investor. It was all about what Michelle Goldberg thought. She had this unwavering instinct that the CEO, Rand Fishkin, was going to bring in a big win for Ignition Partners. So there we had this solid VC in our court who was championing us through the group, right? And in the second funding, it was all about Brad Feld. He'd been following Moz for some time. I went and I met him in Boulder. I chatted with him about a startup that had come to me for some support and mentoring, and it didn't amount to much and so on. But he sliced and diced that idea really quickly. He gave me really good insight into how VCs invest, which for which I'm very grateful, and what I should be watching out for, and I didn't invest, and that was great. But at that meeting, he asked me about Moz. Now, that company was of great interest to him. He kept referring back to Moz. Well, if Moz is looking, I'm, you know, I'm interested. At that point, we were not raising funds, so, but it was a really good connection. 
right? When we did look to raise funds, that connection with Brad kind of was cemented, not just through the company, but then through Rand's spouse, who writes this wonderful travel blog called The Everywhereist. You know that one, right? I do. Yeah, okay. So Brad's wife was a big fan of The Everywhereist and very much wanted to meet the author in person. And a dinner was arranged. And at that meal, at the end, there was an offer extended. Right? So the COO was there, that was Sarah Bird at the time, you know, Rand was there and so on. It wasn't just about the pitch they'd made there, right? Now, make no mistake, the investment was not made because somebody's spouse wrote a cool blog that the investor's spouse wanted to, you know, get engaged with. That's not the deal. Okay? But what I am saying is that connections beyond the business itself help to provide this robust image of who the investor will be dealing with for some years to come. They want a broader scope. I mean, that's what social media is all about, right? The bigger image of the person, right? So in this case, you know, it's like seven to 10 years of working together. We're all looking for these broader signals about uh, people with whom we're about to work. And in this case, the champion, Brad Feld, was cemented because he had the opportunity to get to know kind of the full measure of the person with whom he was about to do business. Right? They melded on a number of ways, and some of those things we've talked about in previous shows here around integrity, authenticity, uh, you know, the, the tag fee things that Moz runs by and so on. Brad connected with that. If he had not, trust me, no fact that you know, this blogger, that blogger, or the other person wanted to meet would make any difference, but it provided a broader scope of connection. Okay. That's enlightening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what about you know when there's a really big company that wants to make a strategic investment in you? We should talk about that. You know, kind of first thing is big VCs. What happens then? Uh, you know, but what about this monster company that comes up and says, oh, my gosh, now what? There are um, a number of very interesting connections between mm-hmm. what you just said about mm-hmm. building relationships and finding the right person and what we're going to talk about in the second half. Absolutely. But before we go take a break there in that second half, let's kind of put it in juxtaposition. The first one is, you know, oh my gosh, a VC is interested. That's a good thing. How do you cement the deal? You provide them with not just a broad base of information about your company, but about you as the human being as founder and several founders, of course. That's number one. So human connection makes a big difference. The second one is going to be around when you look at the corporate investment. A corporate investment is very different and it limits some of your opportunities at the far end. So when we come back to the show, let's talk about how that comes together in terms of understanding what's going to happen if you elect a company, a monster corporation in your sector to be your major investor. And I actually have some experience with that, which I will share. (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about fundraising and what to do when a big company wants to invest, whether it's a VC or a monster company that wants to become your strategic partner and biggest investor. Yep. I think that what we're just before we closed here, we talked about kind of the differences there, about the major takeaway being kind of providing the full scope of what the investment will look like from a personal point of view as well as a business point of view to help the champion, if that's the process, take you into the VC office. If it's all about consensus, then you have to find perhaps multiple champions. And every time you go back, the monster VCs, even 500 startups that makes one deal a week, will know that you came. And it's either a good thing because you're now getting more champions along the way, or it's kind of a bad thing. The first guy kind of crossed off on you. Trust me, he's going to be talking to the second guy. Now, as we move forward, we're going to talk about what happens with an investment firm. We found some brilliant advice from Patrick Meenan. He sat on the big company side of the table over at Microsoft, and now as a VC, he sits kind of with another view. It's not the opposite side of the table, but with a different view. So he provided us with lots of really good insight on how to make a deal with, you know, Goliath Corporation when you're David. We've got a link to that, right, Anne? Yeah, we do. It'll be up on the uh, Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. You'll find that link and others there that have to okay. do with this topic. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So CEO Coach Podcast at Facebook. All right. So Patrick gave us this good rundown that's likely to go through your head if this large corporation shows up, right? And the first one is Fiesta. Oh, wow. A big, huge company is going to, you know, go work with us. And so it's going to be amazing, right? The second one from Fiesta, we move immediately to fear. Oh, my God. Are they going to steal our tech and our RP? Are they just going to swallow us? Are they Are going to shut us down? Oh, my God. Right? And the third one is frustration. So we have fiesta, fear, and frustration. Oh, my God, I can't believe we started this conversation. They are so slow. Is this ever going to end? You know, uh, They crawl, and the speed of startup is blazing fast. So there will be that frustration. The three Fs, fiesta, fear, and frustration. But don't worry. It's a proper progression. 
here's what you can do about it. And I think that's what made Patrick's article so brilliant. Right? The first thing was about making sure that the relationship truly warrants that strategic partnership. So his advice is interesting. Because maybe they just want to be a customer. I totally agree. And yeah. often they, they will do that because they think you're so small. It's like, oh, yeah, we can just do this, and then we kind of own them. It's like, eh, not so much. What about the difference? I mean, customer versus what? I mean, strategic partner. I would totally agree. Yeah. So how do we talk about a strategic partner? Um, they, there's something else that they want just yeah. besides just right. a good deal. They see a future in what you're doing. That's right. Um, Patrick talks about it as saying the opportunity has to be transformative. Right? It has to warrant the months of documentation and negotiations that you're about to engage in. So if they want to buy more of your product than other customers and they just want a good deal, you don't need a partnership. Right? Just make them a deal and move on. Totally. Uh, but if both parties feel like there's something more than that, right? but they're unsure that it's going to be a big start there, you know, an informal relationship is fine. You can still make them something of a deal. Uh, maybe they can pay you for an iteration of something that's custom, bespoke, whatever, and so on. But, you know, just start somewhere and see if it goes anywhere. Don't let them put down huge amounts of money and feel like they own you right away. So I think that's kind of a fine line to walk and something to think about very carefully. And if it's really worth your while to pursue it, you're going to know it. Because you're going to hear... Yeah. Certain phrases That's like right. enterprise-wide rollout, multi-year, reselling, co-marketing, joint development. Mm -hmm. These are the, the right. words you're looking the, for. Right. These are your key words, right, um, coming from our world of search, yeah. right? But seriously, think about it again. Enterprise-wide rollout, right? That means that it is a strategic requirement for their entire company that you are integrated into whatever the hell they're doing. They don't want to develop whatever it is themselves, enterprise-wide, multi-year, right? This isn't just they need it this year and then next year, whatever. No guarantees on that. We know that, okay? But you should hear it. Reselling means they would become the seller of your product. Now that becomes interesting. You better start checking that out, though, because just because you hear it doesn't mean they can do it, <laughs> right? Indeed. You want to check it out. Is this really something that their people are going to sell, whether it's, say, a big consulting company selling something of software that you are bringing in, so on and so forth. Okay. So what's the second thing that uh, Patrick's got to say here? Add six months to your closing expectations and make right. sure that that fits your business. In other words, can you live with it? Can you live with well, it? As we I'm all hoping know. that nobody's driving while they're listening to this because your head would be hanging at this point and it should be watching the road. Trust me, yeah, six months minimum. I totally agree. That and we sucks. know that often these kinds of offers arrive just when... I don't know. You're feeling a little desperate. Yes. And what's you your could be runway? Feeling very desperate. And that's mm -hmm. why you need to make sure the time frame fits your business. Right. Um, these things take a long time. Mm -hmm. It may start out as it did with Helium and R. Donnelly with a 16-page agreement between the two CEOs. Boy, that was quick. <laughs> and we had the CEO as our champion. You can't mm -hmm. do better than that. And. Uh, the ultimate acquisition, by the time the lawyers got done with it, it was six months, and it was, oh, 500-page documents? 
uh-huh. the new ones every week that had to be reviewed by mm. everybody on the board. Yeah. It was very interesting. So it takes a long time. And I'll, I can say more about Helium as we wrap up about some of the things that happened there mm. and the way that they came into the business. It, it ultimately was a great move for everybody. Yes, it was a very yeah. successful sale. But yeah. it did take six months, as you point out. 500-page yeah. documents that come weekly, not just once. Right? Those are the things you have to think about. They create task forces, these companies. They have internal approvals to deal with. And the delays are caused by everything from executive travel to personal agendas. And, of course, they have an entire legal department, which you don't have. So you're going to have to lawyer up outside your company oh, in general. And that's costly. Can you afford it? Can you afford to go down there? Because there is always the possibility that it won't happen. So in the helium, um, the, with helium and R. Donnelly, one of the things that made it uh, a little bit easier was they first came in as a Series B investor, mm-hmm. and they put two people on the board, their VP mm-hmm. of Marketing and their VP of Finance. So they had already established their desire to purchase the company. This was, if you will, as easy a sale as possible. Yeah. It was the next stage. They had already said, hey, we want a seat at the table, now we want to buy you. Yep, and they, st- they took that seat mm-hmm. at the table... And, and then, that took six months. And eighteen, yeah. And then eighteen months later, right? Uh, they acquired the company. They wanted the platform, and that's right. that's what made it work. But the way that it made it easy was they came in with the cash as the Series B, right? And that enabled us to go forward, right? Um, until the time that they acquired us, right? So the first investment is actually the one we're talking about today. It's not yeah, so it's much the sale, right? It was that strategic partnership, right? And in that, your uh, kind of your buyer, your end user, you know, this is the exit buyer, came in and became your investor. And I think that it was significant that the three people at the top were the people involved with this. Yes. That was a good clue that they were serious about uh, the future mm. of, of the company. Right. So that would be one of your clues. The second one is whether or not R.R. Donnelly can own it and sell it and use it, right? And in terms of the platform you were selling, the answer was completely yes. There was a really good match. But the third one was uh, really were you leaving money on the table? Were there other competitors to R.R. Donnelly who might have purchased you, right, and been multiple suitors? That's the killer piece when you're looking at some uh, corporation. You know, Big Huge is going to show up and want to put some money down, but if Big Huge puts their money down, Huge Big isn't going to, right? Their competitors are not going to be looking at you anymore. You'd better be sure that it is truly a strategic buy, and that's different than a tactical one. Tactical says, gee, I want your product, I want lots of it, and I want it now. Strategic says, I want your product, I want all of it, and I want it forever, that's different. You've got to get in the heads of your uh, buyer, your potential investor in this case, uh, because they are likely to become your buyer. Your likelihood of now going public is much, much less. And that is, there's one more point before we go to a break, which is picking a platform, not the person. Yeah, I totally agree. Patrick has this thing he calls the golden rule of partnerships, and um, he says you have to work with a company not a person in the company. So what he says is he hears this all the time. Person A at big company really gets our vision. She's going to be great to work with. She's going to make it a success. But the reality is big companies reorg all the time. She may not be there. You know, execs leave for greener pastures. They leave for all kinds of reasons. Your interest in the company must extend beyond the person. It should be nameless and faceless.
We're going to take a break now, and then we'll come back with top tips for what to do when that big company comes a-knocking at your door. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Is buying something that is made in the USA important to you? How do you know that it really is made in the USA? Certified Inc. is the only supply chain audit company on the planet which qualifies country of origin labeling. If it's important to you as a consumer to know where the products you buy and use in your own home come from, then it's also important for your customers. Visit us at madeinusa.net and find out more. Go to madeinusa.net because it's that important. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about those glorious moments when big VCs or big companies want to invest in you. And we've drawn quite a lot of information from both Elizabeth Yin at 500 Startups and Patrick Meenan, who is a VC himself after a long career at Microsoft. Just to put a bow on what we were talking about when the big company wants to become a strategic investor, one of the points that was a uh, source of endless discussion at Helium with our Donnelly was the right of first refusal. And Patrick Meehan says avoid that at all costs because it severely limits the ability of other companies, it limits your saleability. Absolutely. With a right of first refusal. We've talked about this right of first refusal yeah. where a founder stock is concerned, where these investments are concerned of all kinds. Right of first refusal means that if you want to sell your company, R.R. Donnelly or whoever it was who's going to buy you gets the first shot at it. Right? Either they buy you or if they pass, somebody else gets to buy you. Now, you can say, I want you to buy me for you know, $100 million, and they say yes or no, or you can say, I want you to buy me for 2 or $3 billion, and they say yes or no. But if they pass on it, then you can finally get it out to the market. Therefore, you are unlikely to get anybody else out there making you a reasonable offer. If you're worth between, say, 100 and 150000 nobody's coming in to offer you that 150000 or $150 million, okay, whatever it is. 
because they know that whatever they offer, then the other guy is going to say, okay, these guys did their due diligence. They know what these guys are worth in the open market. They've made a decent offer. Okay, yeah, we'll take it. It saves the money, right? So it wastes the money of the guy who makes the offer. Nobody else is going to make the offer. I've seen it happen with just stock, and I've seen it happen with the value of the company. Beware of that one. That is not, you know, just a snippet on the side. And a big one. 99% of the time, says Mian, and this has been my experience too, the big company will insist on that. Yes. And that's where you really have to judge, is this going to be a deal breaker with the company, and mm -hmm. what do you want to do about it, and are there other ways to give them something without giving away that big part of the ranch. Right. If you're pretty sure that they're going to be your buyer, that's great. If it comes to it and you have that kind of a restriction, they get first right of refusal, dealing with it is an entirely separate show, and we will cover it someday and in I the future. And I think we should, yes. All probably right. with a, a lawyer on, yes, on board. Yes, that would be a good idea. Okay, so. so we need to wrap up. What are your tips? Hot tips are recognize the stages of your response. You know, there's this uh, fiesta and then fear and then frustration. Just know that they're coming. Uh, recognizing that helps you to move on and uh, take the tips on how to deal with that when your uh, big partnership you know, comes in or investment in your company. Number two, determine whether it's a company you want to sell to. We've been talking about that again and again. If you choose to take your investment, remember, if big huge is invested with you, huge big is not coming in, right? You're kind of shutting down the competition in that immediate field. And then you want to make sure, am I leaving money on the table by excluding these other investors? Or am I really going to get a good deal and this is the way I want to go? It's okay to go that way. Many companies do. Walk carefully. All right. So number three is about walk carefully. You want to know why huge big or big huge, whatever, wants this partnership. You are still small potatoes. Are you going to be a strategic buy? Or are you simply going to sell them lots of product? If you're strategic, get on with it. Your valuation will reflect that, and you will do very well. We know many companies like that, right? Things like Google buying Waze, huge valuations. It was a strategic buy. They needed the information for their mapping systems. But if you're not, if you don't see strategic elements coming out, walk. At Helium, it was an excellent strategic buy. Yes. Our Donnelly at the time had no online presence. They were a major financial printer for any of our listeners mm -hmm. who don't know. The company it has been around for 90 years or something mm -hmm. like that in New York. Um, they did not have an online presence. What they saw was the coming content platform revolution. Mm -hmm. And they did, because Helium was a content platform, they determined it would be better to buy than build. Right. And it is now, it's been rebranded as the RRD Content Network. So right. it was a win-win all the way around. Yes, you got very good valuations. Everybody made money on it. It was a really good deal, but it was also absolutely strategic. In other words, the company that bought them would have died if they hadn't bought them. Ask that question and proceed likewise. Exactly. So that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm slash shows slash CEO dash coach. 
You can also download them at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on Facebook.com CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by and hit the like button so we will know you were there. And do tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music. And you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next week, Jillian. Till next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.